Welcome to Ikoyi Baptist Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast services. Listen and be blessed. Today we shall be looking at the subject of loyalty. We'll be looking at the subject of loyalty. However, our study today is not particularly going to be topical. I, I won't be doing a topical exposition per se. Uh, it, it is difficult for me not to do a textual exposition, but it is particularly a character study. We want to look at the issue of loyalty, looking at the lifestyle of a particular man whom we deem who we, who we consider from the way he walked with the Lord, that he was loyal. So we'll be looking, we'll be having a character study on the life of Abraham as we look at the subject of loyalty. Praise the Lord. Please turn with me your scriptures to Genesis chapter 22. Genesis 22. Genesis 22. I'll be reading from verse 1. We'll just read on. I'm supposed to read 19 verses. But we'll see how far we can go. And uh, in the course of the exposition, we'll, we'll relate with a few of the other verses. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a bond offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and two of his young men with him. And Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering, and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey, the lad, and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamp for a burnt offering? And Abraham answered, My son. God will provide for himself the lamp for a bond offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And they bound his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. 
But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked and there behind him was a ram caught in a ticket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a bond offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord we provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Can we pause a bit? I know, I know practically every one of us, we know that this portion of the scriptures, it is a scripture that we know, we can read, we can say it, we know the story very well. It is not something that is strange to us. Uh, but today we want to look a little bit more critically at some of the talking points in the life of Abraham. How I wish I had the time. After looking at the life of Abraham, we'll look at the other side, looking at the life of Isaac. Now, it is important we say that the matter of loyalty, loyalty is simply a strong feeling of support or allegiance. A strong feeling of support and allegiance. An allegiance. It is faithfulness to commitment and obligation. Any man who is faithful to a commitment or an obligation, such a man is tilting towards loyalty. It is devotion to a cause. This is the cause I am supposed to carry out whether if they are watching me or they are not watching me. I am going to ensure I get it done. I am loyal to that cause. It is a measure of commitment based on obligation. How committed a man is to a cause and to someone is a degree of one's loyalty. When you talk of loyalty, you begin to talk about faithfulness. You can't take faithfulness away from loyalty. You can't take obedience away from loyalty. You can't take devotion away from loyalty. So even if we want to ask ourselves critically, that what should we really say Abraham did with respect to his response to the demands of God? Some of us will say that particular scripture is speaking more on Abraham's obedience to God. Am I not correct? Some of us we prefer to say that it is, a, it is an act of Abraham's faithfulness to whatsoever God, to his relationship and his work with the master. But everything comes to loyalty. And I've come to know that even when a government comes into power, a government will try the much they can to juggle their cabinets to ensure that the people who are in the helm of affairs, those who are holding critical offices, they must be people who are loyal to them. So that even when they are not there, even when they turn their back towards them, they can be sure that leave a knife in the hand of that man, 
the man will not stab him. Loyalty. Now that is the point at which I have come. Now, the background of the life of the man, since it's a character study, we are talking about a man who for many years didn't have a child. Is that true? And I'll be asking you a few questions here. Is that true? We are talking about the life of a man for many years didn't have a child. And of course, it had gone with so many prophecies, so many promises that he is going to have, he's going to be the father of many nations. Is that true? Then all of a sudden, God came and fulfilled the promise he made to him and gave him a son. Now, before this happened, the Bible told us that on the account of you will have a child or you will not have a child, somebody laughed. Is that true? Is that true? Now, does, I needed to respond. Is that true? And I, I needed to answer me, help me. Who was the one that the Bible said laughed? Hmm? And I need to hear it very well. Uh, is it only Sarah that laughed, or did Abraham laugh too? Eh? All right. If you know it is Sarah that laughed, let me see your hand. Those who said Sarah laughed, they put your hand down. No, there's trouble now. Let me see your hand again. Sarah laughed. Let me see your hand. Beautiful. Thank you. Now, those who said Abraham too laughed. Let me see your hand. Okay. Beautiful. God bless you. So, there's some of you who believe that both of them laughed, but a majority, majority of us believe that only Sarah laughed. Even some people do not even believe that anyone laughed. Who laughed first? If we say two of them laughed, who laughed first? Sarah. Okay. Abraham. Beautiful. Now, we need to understand the what happened in the life of these people that Abraham too laughed now these are not these are not these are not popular things we talk we talk about in church again and again but we know that Abraham laughed now let us look at the scripture in Genesis chapter 17 in Genesis chapter 17 verses 14 15 16 and 17 began to give us a background to where we are going to the Bible says in Genesis chapter 17 from verse 14, and the uncircumcised male child who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that person shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. In verse 15, then God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And in verse, 17, in verse 16, and I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of peoples shall be from her. Verse 17, read verse 17. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a woman, to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? Abraham's laughter is even worse than Sarah's laughter. Are you seeing a brass letter? The moment she, he had it, he fell down on his face and started laughing. You know, it's the laughter of, I am trying, let them not know that I'm laughing. Which kind of talk is this? This kind of thing cannot happen. And if, and, and if you read further, you will discover all the things that happened afterwards. But we have established the fact that even, even Abraham himself, when he considered his condition, he saw that for me, it is not possible for me 
to give birth. I am already a hundred year, hundred years old. It's not possible for me to give birth. Let's forget about the issue of Sarah laughing in Genesis chapter eighteen. It was the very next chapter that Sarah laughed her own laughter. Now, having said that, what is God's demand for loyalty? In Genesis twenty-two, that we read, if we read verses one to two, I will need you to respond to me and give me answers to what you think is God's demand for holiness. Now, let's look at it again. Now, it came to pass, after these things, that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. And he said, take now your son. Are you marking that word? Take now, number one, your son. Not only your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering unto the Lord. Now, these are serious issues. God, who gave Isaac to Abraham, suddenly wants Isaac back. Now, this was a man who had stayed for the length of years he had stayed, and no child came. And after 100 years, God gave him a child. And after God gave him the child, God suddenly came around again to say, give me the child. The sound of celebration had barely died. The joy of a hair from the loins of Abraham and from the bowels of Sarah was just settling down. And here is God coming to say, I demand of that priceless gift. Trade that child. Give that child to me. And he said, your son, the one you love, your only son. You know, it made me know that if God will place a demand of loyalty upon a man, three things are very, are very critical. If God will place a demand of loyalty upon the life of a man, three things are very critical. Number one, it is just a test. You know, how did the Bible put it in verse one? Let's read verse one again. Now, it came to pass that after these things, that God did what? God did what? God tested Abraham. So, when God places a demand of loyalty from you, what is God doing? It's just a test. Now, we both of us know that it was just a test. But Abraham didn't know that it was a test. Do you think Abraham knew it was a test? Do you, do you think he knew it was a test? He didn't know it was a test. He probably thought that God wanted to take his only child from him. But you and I, having read it, we know that it is a test. Now, can we superimpose ourselves into the life of Abraham and know that any time God demands from you anything, it is just a test. You can write your own Bible. You can write your own life. You can write your own story and say, God, any time you demand a thing from me, I want to believe like you demanded from Abraham. It is just a test. So, having read this scripture, I have come to know that when God is dealing with a man, anytime God places a demand for loyalty from a man, it is just a test. No matter how hard it is, I am bound, I, I need to pass it. My, my, my boss is not there, and, some, and it is possible that, uh, it is possible I'm in a vantage position to use the position I now have to make a way for myself. It is just a test. Nobody's watching me. Nobody's watching me. Probably nobody will even, I don't need to account for it. Probably as a matter of fact, nobody need to even check me. I should know that it is just a test. It is, it behoves on me to ensure 
that I pass the test. Everybody writes an exam with an aim of passing the test. Why will you face a loyalty test and fail it? It is just a test. Anything you go through in life, know that it is just a test. Mark my word, not a test, but just a test. Nothing more. But the second aspect is that it is still a test, but not just a test. It is a huge text. A huge test. Did you see in that scripture that the Bible was saying that I need you to take your only son, Isaac, whom you love. He said, take now your son, your only son, whom you love. God, you are asking for too much. God, you didn't ask me for my servant. You know, the Bible talked about Abraham being a very rich man. So God, you could have asked me for a servant. God, you could have asked me for 100, 100 cattle. You could have asked me for 100 sheep. I would have provided. Why would you ask me for my son, my only son, the one I love? That tells me that whenever God places a demand of loyalty upon the life of a man, it's not only just a test, it is also a huge test. I have come to know that it is a huge test. And that's why God will always ask you for that thing. And in your eyes, it will look big. You know, even, when, even in payment of tithes, when you are collecting 100 naira and you have to pay tithes, you know, 100 naira, what's the tithe of 100 naira? 10 naira, you can easily pay it. It doesn't affect you much. You just pay 10 naira. By the time you start collecting 100,000 naira, you calculate the test, the tithes. 10,000 naira. The thing starts getting big. You, you still pay. By the time you start collecting tithes, 1 million naira. They say, what's the tithes? 100,000 naira. You start thinking, a whole 100,000 naira. You start thinking about it. You pay. By the time God begins to bless you to 10 million naira, and you need to pay tithes, 1 million naira. You say, ah, a whole 1 million naira. But you have forgotten that you have a whole 9 million naira to yourself. It may be a huge test, but God demands that you keep to it. Then the third one, which for me is an issue, is that it is not just a test, and it is not only a huge test. It is a revealing test. It is a test that reveals many things. Whenever God places a demand of loyalty on us, it is a test that reveals many things. Now, I'd like to ask us a question, and I need you to help me answer what did God say to Abraham? God told Abraham, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. Is that true? Is that, is that true? Yes? What about Ishmael? What about Ishmael? Yeah? Ishmael is not his son. He picked him from outside. Eh? And I need you to answer me. Shout it if you are. He, 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 he's what? He wasn't loved like Isaac. Ma? He wasn't what? He wasn't a promised son. Eh? But I was reading the scripture and he said, Take now your son, your only son, Isaac. Did you see that only son? Is that the area I have an issue? Your only son, Isaac. He didn't say your promised son. 
the one that is the promised son or the one that is how did you call it <laughs> eh? I have an issue he didn't say your legitimate son he said your only son so the other one that Isaac that, J- that Abraham gave birth to is not the son you see when loyalty begins to come to the fore it begins to reveal many things if you read later in the scripture you will see why all that happened with this man Abraham you will discover in Genesis 25 verses 5 to 6 that Ishmael was not a son for the inheritance Ishmael was a son for gifts Abraham gave gifts to all his other sons from other listen but he gave everything he had to Isaac the second aspect in Genesis 17 verses 20 to 21 you will discover that Isaac was a son was a covenanted son but the others was not so whenever God places a demand on loyalty upon the life of a man he reveals many things now can we bring you to the point where we need to understand the life of Abraham Abraham did six things and I need you to note the six things he did in verse 3 the Bible says in verse 3 that so Abraham rose early in the morning the first thing Abraham did to show his loyalty to God was that he was prompt any man who wants to pass the test of loyalty must be prompt P-R-O-M-P-T must be prompt the Bible says that Abraham rose early in the morning he did what he did without delay he did it immediately our response to God's demand for loyalty should be with serious urgency if God is saying do something now we must do it urgently that was how Abraham carried out his own act of loyalty the Bible said he rose very early why did he rise very early do you think we can suggest a reason why he rose very early eh? do we think we can suggest a reason why he woke very very early before probably before Sarah will wake up yeah probably before Sarah will wake up and Sarah will say eh what are you doing do you know how many years I waited for this child or before he will get carried away with many activities and his eyes will clear him sir he, he, he probably what he probably didn't sleep probably didn't sleep so out of the fact that he kept awake all, he just said what am I just tossing up up and down let me just do this in one second people of God has God placed a demand upon your life and you are dilly-dallying on it and you are wasting time you are doing calculation on it has God has God given you an assignment or has God placed you in a position to carry out a function for him and you are wasting time the king's business requires urgency I saw a man who showed his loyalty to God he woke up very early he probably said before my wife will wake up and begin to send this boy a message and he will go somewhere and I can't catch him early it's let me wake up early how many of us need to wake up very early and do that which we need to do he did it early number two he was not only prompt I saw a second thing he did also in that verse 3 
is that he was passionate in verse 3. The Bible says he saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. He split the wood for the burnt offering and then began the trip. Did you see all the things he did there? All the many assignments he did. He saddled his donkey, he took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son. He began to split the wood. This is so much of a job for someone who wants to go and kill his son. How I wish he didn't need to do all these things. But you see, all this work he was doing, he didn't need to complain and say, God, well, since you want me to kill my son, transport us to that place and provide everything. He was passionate about it. You know what I've discovered? You know where God, if you know where God is sending you to, you just have to do it regardless of what the condition is. You cannot be loyal to the one you are not passionate about. He was to finish the assignment and descend down the mountain like a hopeless murderer. You know that's it. He was to finish an assignment and descend down the mountain of, of Moriah like a hopeless murderer who finished his son. And he had so much to do. He was to split wood. He was to saddle the donkey. He was to do so, so many things, but he kept doing them. Passionate about the assignments. How many of you are passionate about God's work? Maybe when something is committed to your hands, you say, well, is your only me that we do it? No. Abraham did not need others to get involved. He kept doing everything to ensure that the master's assignment is carried out. The third thing I saw in the life of Abraham as he committed himself to the loyalty of the Lord, loyalty to the God who called him, is that he persevered. He persevered. Or even before the perseverance, the third aspect is also in that verse 3. I can see something in verse 3. Is that he was pure. He was pure about it. I still see purity in it. At that very last part, he said, he went to where? To the place which God had told him. Do you know for me what that means to me? Loyal people don't cut corners. Any man who wants to be loyal to a cause, you won't cut corners. They don't look for the easy way out. You know, Abraham could have said, God, why not let me kill him behind the backyard? Let me just kill him backyard. So that along the line, as I'm trying to kill him, people can come and assist. God, why must I travel this? Why? why, why? Let me just kill him here. No. Those who are loyal, they don't cut corners. Abraham went to the place where God told him. He went exactly to the place where the Lord had told him to go. The needed, the needed assignment needed to be done the way the master wanted it to be done. The fourth thing, like I did mention, is perseverance. He persevered. In verse 4, the Bible said that then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. How many days journey did he journey to get there? How many days journey? How many days journey? Three days. He journeyed for three days to go and kill his son. Why didn't God give him a simple assignment? Why did God, why, did, why was it that God had to put him through a long journey only for him to end the journey to kill the son? If he had carried it out. But he persevered. 
what a journey to undertake for a man who was on a mission to kill his one and only son. Some of us, we have been exposed to an assignment. We have been doing something and we say, God, for how long will I be on this matter? Those who are loyal to God, they persevere to the end. It would have been better if he was going for, if he was going for this long to receive a reward, but not to kill his son. How can a man journey this length of time to go and kill the son and not to receive a reward? That was his own test of perseverance. Probably, Abraham, as you are going, after the first day, second day, you may change your mind. You can still change your mind. Some of us, in our work with the master, over time, we have changed our mind because we felt the journey is too far. But Abraham, in his loyalty to God, he persevered and stayed on. The fifth thing I saw in his life is that he was purposeful. I saw that in verse 5. The purposeful nature of Abraham clearly seen in the way he was loyal to the Lord. And Abraham said unto his young men, and Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Did you see that? That's a serious issue. Why did he say that? He probably said that because he, he, he knew that if I go with this young man up the mountain, the moment I want to kill this boy, this man will stop me from killing the son. Is it not true? So anything that will stop me from carrying out this assignment, please stop here. This was a purposeful man. Our loyalty to the Lord must be purpose-driven. A man who is loyal to God and his loyalty is not purpose-driven. That's no loyalty. He stopped anything that could stop him. He knew what exactly he wanted and he knew how to get it done. Get rid of all restrictions and distractions and get the job done. That was uppermost in his mind. Nothing more. The matter was simple. Hey, guards, you aren't a part of this agreement, so stay away. I don't need any of you stopping me when I want to do the needful. How many of us are loyal to God? And along the line of our loyalty, we have lost the purpose of the loyalty. And along the line, it has become adulterated. We have added our own personal interests to the cause of God, of loyalty to our master. Then we have lost it. We have lost it. We have lost it. Abraham would have had a statement to make to God. That God, I wanted to kill the, I wanted to kill him. But the guards did not allow me. But you know, God, God watches the heart of every man. So Abraham dealt with that. The sixth thing and the final thing I want to call our attention to is that he actually passed out. He passed out. For me, I feel that Abraham died before he made any attempts to kill the son. Did you see in verse 6? How the Bible put verse 6? So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife and the two of them went together. Why did he carry a knife? To kill his son. Where did this old man get this energy from to do all these things on a very young, energetic young boy? Where did he get the energy from? He apparently died. Somebody said the story. He said a young boy was pushed into a river 
and immediately was pushed into a river the young boy said i cannot swim and the moment he was pushed into the river somebody shouted in this river there are crocodiles in this river there are crocodiles the moment the boy heard there are crocodiles the guy swam to the other side and got to the bank of the bank of the river for, on the other side and he said i thought you said you don't know how to swim he said yes when i heard that there are crocodiles the survivor instinct inside of me woke up this man died at this point but you know what god told what lesson the lord left me with any man who is not dead to self cannot truly be loyal to god do you know there are so many demands this our christian journey places on us that if we remain alive to the things of this world we can't truly be loyal to the master along the line will get distracted until we are dead to the things of this world we cannot fully be loyal to the master i keep wondering where did he get the energy from where did he get the energy from i think i saw something again in verse 8 and Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. I think Abraham, his loyalty also showed in his persuasion. He was persuaded. And Abraham said, God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering, my son. You know, at this point, the boy was already asking too many questions. That daddy, I have seen everything. I have seen the knife. I have seen the fire. But daddy, where is the lamb? He said, don't worry. My God will provide. What was he saying? Was he lying? At this point, was he lying? Was he lying or was he trying to convince the son to just follow on? But he was persuaded that God was involved in this matter. This requires a conviction to change an attitude of behavior. That regardless of what may deter me, I believe that God is involved in it. If in my trying to be loyal to God, everybody don't need to support me. I don't need to have the buy-in of everybody. All I need is to know that in this matter, God is involved. And if you believe that, then we'll go far. The Lord will help us. The implication of all this is that I was wondering what would Abraham, what would he have told his wife if he had returned home without the son? But the Lord is saying, take no thoughts of those things. Your father knows it all. Stop troubling yourself about the end of the matter. I have taken care of the end of the matter. Abraham didn't need to think because that never happened. Number two, I also thought about it that God will not give us a vision that he has not made provision for. God told him, kill your son. He went there thinking he would kill his son in total loyalty to what God said. But before he got there, God had provided a ram for the sacrifice. So whenever God gives a vision, he gives the provision. The third thing, God cannot tell us to do what by his own grace he has not done. God told Abraham to kill his son. He looked like a big sin. But do you know that God, God himself 
also killed his own son for us. Remember how he killed his son? He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So he didn't kill one of his sons. He killed his only begotten son. The same one and only son of Abraham, Isaac. God also killed his one and only begotten son. He left me with a reason that God rewards every act of complete loyalty. If you check what happened afterwards, you will agree with me. The Lord will help us as we choose today to be loyal to God in his entirety. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you were blessed. Ikoi Baptist Church is a Bible-believing church located at 5-7 to Latif Jakande Road in Ikoi of Lagos State, Nigeria. You can find us on Facebook as Ikoi Baptist Church or reach the church directly via phone at 0163-20485 and 0163-20486. For more information, please visit the church website at www.ikoibaptistchurch.org. We look forward to having you back next week.